Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio in Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. We're broadcasting right here at our home base in Charleston, South Carolina. Robin, as I like to say, Welcome to your show. Thank you. And before we get started with a fabulous in-studio guest, we have a bit of business. We do. So if you're listening to this on the radio, I do have a podcast. I would love you to check it out, Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. And stay up to date with all things education by following me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski. It would mean so much and I would be so grateful. I know I've told you this a thousand times, but I marvel at the quality of the guests that you bring into this studio. You and do marvel. I'm a, I'm a marveler. Uh, and <laughs> I our guest, also marvel. Our, our guest in the studio right now is Emily Mingledorf. She is the founder of the baking blog Pie Crust and Pixie Dust and co-founder of the Will to Good Foundation. So my first question, Robin, is how did you and Emily meet? Oh my gosh. Mm. Okay, so... Emily and I literally, okay, I'm not timing this podcast, but we literally met like a few weeks ago, but I am like her and biggest best fan friends, and we're best friends. Oh, totally. And I mean, it was just instant. Shout out to Terry Hawes. Oh, we love her. Absolutely. She was on our show, Ron. You remember, remember Terry? Terry sure. Full of personality. Mm. Terry introduced us and I always know when Terry Hawes introduces me to somebody, they're going to light up my world. That's so sweet. And Emily, oh my so gosh, we were at an event called Morph Mom in Charleston. It's a it was an event bringing together women who um, are moms and kind of reinventing themselves after having kids and trying to figure out like what's next. And Emily's story, I heard her story. I was like, oh my gosh, she needs to be on the show. And I'm not going to tell the details because we're going to let her do that. But her energy <laughs> is what we need to hear. And, and if you're a parent, you're going to be blown away with the opportunities for you and your kids. Okay, well, energy matters. So, Emily, take us to the beginning. <laughs> oh, my well, goodness. How did we get here? Hold on. Oh, we got to tee this up. So, okay. first of all, Emily, I, starting at your website. Okay, first of all, the name. Yes. Pixie. Pie crust and pixie dust. Okay. It's quite the tongue twister. I love it. Yeah. And you know, Tinkerbell okay. is my favorite Thank Disney you. World character. Oh, that's so great to know. Pie yeah, crust and pixie dust. So, Is that why you carry your magic wand? Yes. You go? And okay. I sprinkle dust everywhere. So... Talk to us about your background in baking. Like, mm -hmm. how, what is that and how did you get into the love of baking? Sure. So, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. This is so much fun. It's so fun. I'm so happy to be here Yay. with y'all. This is going to be great. So, um, when I was little, I really, I did some baking with my mom, um, but not all that much. Um, as an adult, I took on a very demanding corporate career and it took me away from my first child more than I really wanted to be away from her, right? It was demanding. There was a lot of travel. And so on her first birthday, as kind of a labor of love, I was like, I'm going to make her a birthday cake. And I mean, I had no right baking a birthday cake really at all. But there was this book that she really loved. And I was like, well, let's theme it after the book. And if it's all messed up, who cares? It's the thought that matters most. And um, when I baked that cake and I saw her face, I was like, mm. okay, all right. I like the way this makes That's me feel. Wonderful. And most importantly, I like the way it makes other people feel. And so I just kept doing it. I have to ask, what was the book? It was called Sea Serpent's Dance. Uh -huh. And it was a book that was written, I believe the author was from um, Sea Island, but a beautiful little book. And um, the illustrations are lovely too. So it was a wonderful inspiration for this cake. 
looking back, I would probably have a lot of, you know, judgment towards myself on the technique. <laughs> that's all right. You know, again, it's it's the thought that matters. Well, you said it. It's all about how it made her feel oh. so special. Mm. So that was your moment. That was that your was aha moment. moment. That was it. I was does, like, does she remember that today? No, absolutely. She's 15. <laughs> She's Aww. over it. But I remind her good from time to time about how much time it took to make that cake. So I've made her a lot of cakes since then. But what was know. next? I, you made that cake and you got that feeling you were in a corporate job. And right. Then what? Right. So I loved my job. I worked um, for Merck for 11 years and Merck hired me when I was really young and took just good care of me and took care of my family. And uh, I feel like I grew up working at this company and learned a lot. Uh, but I struggled with the fact that I had to travel and I wasn't as home as I wanted to be. It just wasn't sitting right with me. And so in 2014, I decided to resign for my career it was, it was a tough decision to make, but again, family first. I had, you know, two kids at that point and a third on the way. And my husband, Chris, and I were again traveling and like logistically, we could not figure out like who to pick the, who's going to pick the kids up at carpool that afternoon. Like it was just that kind of lifestyle. It was too hard. And so it was a tough decision, but it certainly was the right decision because of what happened next. And that was... Dun, da, da, da. Carrot da, da, da. is dangled. I this know. This crazy story, y'all. Okay, I mean, wait. Is this the story of the phone call? Yeah. Okay, I have to I have to tee this up a little bit because when I... I think s- you need to tease it a little bit more. <laughs> we have when, a lot of time to fill When here. I told you Emily was coming on and I um, described her as literally changing the way I viewed the world. Oh, and I know sweet. that sounds like, okay, she's just and saying, she doesn't Emily, say these things no, unless she means no, them. Oh, here's what I mean. Okay, I was at my parents' house this weekend and they're they're older, like, and they told me about, you know, this guy called and he wants us to get a new cable if I just give him, you know, my DNA and my social security <laughs> number and my firstborn child. And I'm like, stop mm. talking to these people who call you. Yes. And so what your story does for me, Emily, you, your your story starts with a phone call mm-hmm. that most of us would hang up on oh, and or never answer or in the first place. Totally. Never answer, mm-hmm. and you didn't. And so um, there you go. I want to just say that's why you changed my perception. That means so much to me, coming from you. Um, you know, I, I wasn't trying to do anything great. I was just. It was just a normal... You were baking. I was baking and just... But take us through like theater of the mind. Make us feel what it was like right. when you got that call. Get ready for this. Okay. So I, again, had resigned from my job and I started this baking blog called Pie Crest and Pixie Dust. Again, baking with kids, lots of sprinkles, big messes, lots of fun, just great. And that was a real bright spot in my life because I had great readers and things were happening. But for the rest of my life, here was my thought, you guys. I did strategic business planning for the company that I worked for, for the Southeast region and some other stuff. I did a lot. I was in sales too. So I thought in my little mind, I'm going to take all those skills, right? That work beautifully in business. I'm just going to apply them to my life and then like ready, set, go, boom. My life is figured out. I got this. Well, clearly uh, that didn't work out at all. What started happening, you guys, is like, I just got hit with so many challenges in life one after another after another. I'm talking about major obstacles. Um, and I just didn't feel equipped to handle them. I was just digging deep within myself to figure out how to get through it all. I mean, I think so many of us can identify to these these chapters of life. Absolutely. And so I I was at my rock bottom and I got a DM on Instagram, on my blog Instagram from this dude 
named Moses Nambagi, who was apparently, allegedly, um, a director of a primary school and orphanage in Jinja, Uganda. And this is what he said. Madam Emily, I see that you bake cookies with your kids on your Instagram and your blog. I have 200 kids at my orphanage that would also like to know how to make cookies. Would you like to FaceTime with us? And I was like, oh my goodness, who do you think I am? Like, (laughs) y'all, I mean, of course, it's like the Nigerian prince. And Mm -hmm. like you said, what do most people do? They ignore it, right? But I was at like such like a cynical, just like worn out uh, point in my life that I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bust this guy. Let's do this. Let's do this call. It's like emailing back the Nigerian prince email, right? I and being like, it. yeah, let's do this. Let's tell me what you I need to do. Fired just up. for fun. I was yep. fired up. I'm like, I'm going to bring you down. I'm a tough cookie. I got this guy. This is going to oh be my great. Gosh, I, I love just it. like had, again, like I was just at that point in my life, like what else am I going to do right lose. now? You know, I have nothing let's to go. lose. Let's rock and roll. This is going to be great. I'm going to pull this guy down. Anyways, I don't know what I was thinking that day, but I'm glad that it was kind of a weird off day for me because uh, I was like, yeah, okay, let's, let's FaceTime. So... I opened up my computer and it took a minute and all of a sudden these 200 children were singing my name on the other end of this video. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like blindsided by grace. Like I didn't have any, I I just really did not think that this was going to happen. It was very, very, very real. And so we, you know, we met, we talked we talked about the fact that they don't have electricity. So they wanted to learn how to bake, but obviously that's difficult. So what I started to do was practice baking over an open flame in my kitchen. So what I did is I got like large cast iron skillets with lids and then I would turn on the burner on the oven and I would raise the skillet up. Like you can buy these little oh, things. You know what I'm talking right. about? They're raised like over a campfire, yes. but I put it over my range. Wow. And so I would start practicing with like the you know, the distance between the bottom of the the skillet and the flame so that you don't burn the bottom of whatever you're baking. So I figured it out. It took a long time. So I started like- crazy, Ron? I know, it's crazy. I love it. Again, with my strategic business planning mind, I would have never forecasted this as being part of my life. Um, So we talked every day, every day, every day. I got to know Moses. I got to know all these children. And then my husband, Chris, and I were like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's pack our bags. So we actually, it was March of 2020, you guys. It was like right when it was like this, there's this virus from China that's kind of going around and whatnot. And we were like, oh, we'll be fine. Let's go to Africa and have some fun. And <laughs> yeah. It'll be right. <laughs> It'll be over soon. Uh, when we came so. back, it was a totally different so world. So you did go in March yeah, we of went. 2020? We went. We were on the last flight out of Uganda before they shut the border. Oh, really? My. Yeah, it was nuts. But it was the best decision I've made. Like, you guys, I, when we showed up, there's a video of it on my Instagram. I, I was so moved by, because you get to know these children and you get to know these people. But when you fly 7,000 miles and you're in this little village in the middle of nowhere and they come run into you, I, there's just that feeling. I mean, it just, it was really special. Wow. And for that video, because I know our readers are going, oh, please tell us how to see that video. I will put your Instagram link in the podcast notes, but do you want to just say it right now for everybody who's listening? Yeah. It's Piecrest and Pixie Dust. It's at Piecrest and Pixie Dust on Instagram. Um, And then of course, Piecrest and Pixie Dust.com. Yeah. Check out the video. Before you continue, I want to point out something that for anybody who doesn't know that internet 
works or that social media works. Mm -hmm. How did this guy in the remotest part of Africa find you? Think about what he had to get through to find you. Totally. That's where I was like, red alert, like code red. You know, this doesn't make sense. How do you even have a phone? Like, how would you find me? And it turns out that was actually a really ignorant point of view from my standpoint. Uh, Of course, people have phones in these areas of Africa. It's an important survival resource for a lot of reasons. You know, um, it's uh, he had an Instagram account and he just, you know, he, he was 25 years old at the time. So, you know, of course he has an Instagram account. And it's free and it's on his phone and it's a it's an escape. So I don't know how he came across my page, but somehow he did. And um, he just really thought that it would be great for those kids to learn some of these recipes <clears throat> and some of these new skills. And um, so, yeah, when we went, it was um, it was kind of wild because suddenly these recipes that I had developed in my kitchen over my burner, I'm in this like, hut with a campfire and I am just praying that these recipes work out. Right. I'm like, if I came this whole way and these cookies don't turn out, because I'm trying to teach them, right, how to bake. And you had to bring these ingredients from home, I'm guessing. So right? what we did, we brought all the gear. So, and all the recipes that I developed had really fundamental and very, co- like very inexpensive ingredients. So things we could find there. Um, it's like a basic sugar cookie, a basic really Southern biscuit, really. Um, and then they can take it from there. Um, I've been able to teach them like about royal icing and homemade buttercream. And so I can get to where this is led. But on that day, when we started baking in the village at the school, it was wild because they picked it up so quickly. And, you know, we, we were hoping that our, our gear was going to be enough. We'd have enough, you know, uh, resources. Um, but then also everything would taste good and work out. And they picked up these recipes so quickly. I mean, within a couple hours, they had batch after batch after batch. And then all of a sudden, we had a huge realization that this could be a source of sustainability for this school and a means uh, for them to make, um, you know, earn a living and, and create income that could sustain the school and these children's education. And so we really started to, you know, dig our heels in and, and get going. So that was 2014. So nine years later, we're here. Are they in business now? Is this? Yes. They so have ovens? Do they have ovens? They do. Okay, they have good. ovens. They have I was worried about them. Ovens, a little, they have electricity now. So we got them solar panels. Oh, my. Um, wow. And then we got an oven that can run. So the energy is enough to run this oven, right? It's very humble, but it's all they need to generate income. And so um, we do FaceTimes. I've talked to Moses this morning, talked to him last night. I mean, did you tell him you were coming on the show? I did. I'm like, are you going to be around for the next hour? We might reach out to you after this is said. But um, so what's happened is, so because of the fact that they're able to earn income now, they were able to secure a water tank uh, for the school, which is really critical. I got a phone call on a Sunday morning from Moses saying there were two girls that were unconscious at the school. Uh, They had, turns out, malaria and typhoid. And they got it from uh, dirty water that was coming in from the city and other sources. So they could have died. It was a $30 IV drip, essentially, that helped save them. I mean, so simple. Uh, But in the long run, it was clear, hey, we need a better water source, a more reliable water source. So we were able to earn enough to get a huge uh, water tank. 
that will collect water and filter the water. And so now they have, again, a sustainable source of water, but then they have income. We got them chickens and a farm and uh, Terry, our lovely friend, Terry bought a cow named Tulip. Other people have donated cows. So they were able Wait, to- Terry bought a cow named Tulip? She did. Oh my God, I she love her more right now. The, the cows cost $700. Yeah, and oh, the, you know but this? the building materials are a hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I was looking at this. It's like, true. It's fascinating. Well, it's like having cattle is a really big deal. exactly. And look what a what wow. one cow could do the, in terms of the milk and everything else that it provides. That's exactly right. I mean, the the wild part about it was we taught them these skills and we got them just enough resources right before uh, COVID really hit, particularly in Uganda, and so. They were able to sustain themselves through the pandemic because they had sustainable resources like milk, like eggs from the chickens that they could eat or sell. Um, they had water, you know, clean water. And that was critical because we had a lot of children that uh, were orphaned as a result of COVID. And so we had to find beds for them at the school and make sure that we owed it to their parents to make sure that their children were going to be okay. But they made it through. I don't want to lose sight of something. We got to backtrack just for a second. So you started this blog, and you were not a baker. No, so I you like were I learning as you went. Right? Sure, absolutely. Okay, but you've also traveled. You've spent time visiting other countries and seeing how they bake things, and mm-hmm. taking those skills and bringing them to the forefront. Where now you're helping save a community in Africa, for God's sakes. But what were some of those travels like? What did you learn? And, and what have you been able to perfect? And, and maybe what's your favorite baked good? Well, <laughs> you, you know, we all want to know that. <laughs> One thing that I noticed is, you know, less is best when it comes to ingredients in situations like this. It's really hard to get certain ingredients in certain villages and communities. I mean, I know that goes without saying. But if you have, I mean, think about it. If you have four good, solid ingredients, you can make a macaroon. You can make a French macaroon. I mean, it's essentially, it's very close. The ingredients that go into a French macaroon are similar to those that go into a fortune cookie. It's just all about science and heat and speed and air and all of those scientific things, right? That's why it can be so educational to bake with kids um, and a whole lot of fun. But it's also nice because if your macaroons don't turn out, you can turn it into fortune cookie and that's fun too. But um, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, you do learn that less is best. So if you've got a few good ingredients and a sustainable way to get those repeatedly and you know what to do with them, you can move a mountain. You really can. There's a lot you can do with a, a great biscuit. Well, I love what you said about fun because that's what this show's all about is energy in a classroom, making learning fun. And I just want to hop over this. This is is just so many things about you, but I want to hop over to your website real quick because I absolutely love your website. You have recipes and ideas, but you also have science and math. And I saw that. I got so excited. You can click on the math tab and you can see where you were learning second grade math alongside your daughter. I mean, right. (laughs) Because... It can Y'all, be so crazy how it math is, is what presented. What happened to math? And so it's Emily gets episode. out cookies and is like, okay, let's work through this problem. You don't need a formula. You have cookies. You're giving some away. How many are left? And Absolutely. Let's just look at this. So you're teaching problem solving. And to any parents listening, you have to go to this website because even if you don't want to bake, you can find so many great ways to have fun with your kids and help them with homework, science. You did something in 2017 mm-hmm. with the solar eclipse. Oh, right. That was super fun. You made moon pies. Made like, pies. How yeah. fun. You have to check out the website. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, but I'm going to throw out something super cool because this is really important. I've learned about something 
it's a Japanese concept. Have you heard of Ikigai? No, I haven't. Ikigai is a concept. It's it's your reason for being. It's your purpose in life. Mm. And what you're describing is you found your Ikigai. Aww. You you now are doing something like you were rock bottom, which mm-hmm. when I go into school and teachers say, oh my God, we're rock bottom. I say, yes, because now we can push off. Yeah, you can't fall up. off like, the floor, baby. You can't go down. Yeah. So you were there and now you you have found your ikigai. And for anybody that wants to understand this, think of a Venn diagram. You know how those circles mm-hmm. intersect? Right. Think of four circles. And the four circles, when you intersect in the center, that centerpiece is your purpose for life. Mm-hmm. And the four circles are what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. Mm-hmm. And when you combine the four of those, you have found your purpose and your meaning. And when I heard your story, it brought me to that concept I learned about and it just is such a tie-in. Like that's what the world's all about is not running off to a corporate job and sacrificing your family, but finding what you found. So what is your life like today? I mean, it it's it's great. I feel so happy and grateful because, you know, this story, you know, this is crazy and it's all about me, right? But at the end of the day, it it was really a matter of like answering that call in your life, whether it be figurative or literal in my case, like having the courage to just cannonball into that next chapter, like, you know, with reckless abandon. I'm so glad I did that because now I feel centered, like I'm doing the things in life that I was called to do that I want to do. And it's fun to bring my children into this. I mean, the other day we were on the, you know, phone with the, you know, the, the Ugandan government, my kids are like getting ready for school and we're all FaceTiming and we're, we're trying to problem solve. We're doing the best we know how, but it's, I'm so grateful that we can share that with the kids. And um, yeah, it, it's nice to feel like you're doing what you want to be doing. Yeah, making a difference. And I want to make a disclaimer to my parents if they're listening to this. <laughs> this does not mean you start answering those phone calls and talking to oh, those people. Like, absolutely, with me mom, first. do not yeah. call the, yeah, don't call that number But back. it did work out for you, Emily. We're it glad did. you in answered. This, yes. In this I'd love situation. to meet Moses. We need to have Moses on the show. I think oh, so. Why not? Moses would love, love you guys it. so much. So what's next? I mean, you've already accomplished so much. What's still on well, the radar? Well, first of all, I haven't done anything. This has really been oh like... Gosh, how humble is she? No, 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 wow. no. I mean, no, it's really not. Like, I'm I'm really trying not to mess anything up in Africa. It's pretty much my ultimate goal um, because I'm learning what the needs are. And I'm also learning about the culture, like what works and what doesn't work. So an example of that is a lot of Muzungas or crazy white people, as I say, um, will visit Uganda and bring shoes, for example, to the children because that's helpful. A lot of them don't wear shoes. And um, they sell the shoes for food, right? And so you would think that would be such a great thing to do. So after learning enough about the culture and like what actually works, I'm just trying to continue to help them build up their business to the next level. So they had a huge music festival last year in Uganda. It was in the news. And the school sold enough cookies at this music festival to buy a van for the school to transport high schools that's what i'm talking about like so that's where like our love and our work and our effort is going is how much bigger how much better can we make this operation uh because it's amazing what you can do with a cookie it's such an example (laughs) teach them to fish don't give them a fish that's the classic example right there it really is that was actually the only 
it, it, that was sort of the only goal in in my mind was like I I can teach them to fish. That I don't have a lot of skills. I do know how to bake, right? And I do know about business. So it's like you put those things together and like, hey, let's let's rock and roll. Let's do this. Let's yeah. create some income and, and a difference and a future, so these kids can get well educated. The the last thing I'll say to answer your question is, uh, we're all about test scores. So they have a lot of standardized testing in Uganda. And Uganda View Orphanage just ranked highest uh, in their community in the city of Jinja for their standardized test scores. And that's because they had those resources and they earned those resources. So it's stuff like that. That's where we're headed. More of that. What's it like to, uh, on a FaceTime call, watch these kids taste something that you taught them how to make it's and wild. look on their faces? It's so cool. It's so cool because they've never had anything like, you know, like, like pound cake like even pound cake or certain cookies, like chocolate chip cookies. That's very new and different. Um, yeah, I mean, when we were in Uganda, we took Moses to lunch at like a Mazunga restaurant, he calls it, and got him a hamburger with ketchup. And he was like, his, his whole, it was like a sensory overload for him. Ketchup and that level of tanginess and flavor is so different mm. to them. I mean, he hated it. But he was so grateful. <laughs> he loved the hamburger. But the, you know what I mean? Like it just, sure. um, I love it. I love it. And you know, I love learning about their food. And so they have some recipes there, like what's called a Rolex. It's like an omelet wrap that I've tried at home. And um, it's amazing. It's so good. So we enjoy, you know, learning about each other's cultures and food. Now, have your kids gone with you to Not meet yet. your kids there? Not yet. So our goal, so we have a 15-year-old and she's really into math and writing. So we want to bring her so that she can create a curriculum to teach over the summer um, in math and writing. Um, so again, like we need all the help, all the hands on deck that we can get. Um, and that's, her, th- those are her gifts and her skills. So we're just about, hey, bring your gifts, bring your skills and, and bring a little time and love and make a huge difference. Wow. Uh, and I'll say, you know, we did start a foundation for this. My sister Lee and I um, decided to start a 501c3 um, to support the school. So as, because people occasionally want to donate, like Terry buying a cow, they want to, can I buy some chickens? Can I make a, any kind of donation? Uh, so their donations are tax deduct- deductible and it's the Will to Good Foundation. So that's really helped a lot as well. So when you're sitting in, in Uganda with Moses at lunch, you've changed this man's life as he has changed your life. What words of, I don't know, appreciation or encouragement came from him to you about, do you have any idea what you've done here? I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, the, the difference that we made in Moses's life and the life of these children absolutely pales in comparison to the difference that they made in my life. Aww. Excellent way to end this. We have a few seconds here to just kind of wrap this up. Emily, great guest. Oh my oh, gosh. thanks y'all. Can we have another hour? Thank you. Well, we have about uh, you guys are fun. This 45 is seconds. So I that's love enough it. time to tell some stuff. Well, I will put everything in the podcast notes because there's a lot of information oh. here, Emily. I'll make sure our listeners get it. Thank I like, you. I love how you've equated baking with math and science, and and who knew? I mean, this is fascinating. This is exactly what you're talking about: bringing energy fun. and fun into the classroom. Yep. Fun, yes. have fun learning. Right, Absolutely. You've been, you've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are available and Sunday mornings at 8 on Charleston, South Carolina, 1250 WTMA. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.